Hey guys, so welcome back to the Rock and Ramble podcast. I am Victoria. And I'm Andrea. And this episode we're going to be talking about, drum roll, oh, uh, yeah, it's oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know uh, if you can hear that. <laughs> yeah. um, Tom Petty and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Woo! So, woo, yeah, um, so I chose Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers because I, or we both have like so many different favorites and it was really hard to choose like, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? And, um, I just felt like Tom Petty was a very good indication of like rock and roll in the seventies and eighties and his sound changed. He was still way more folk folky influence mm-hmm. than like glam rock or anything close to that but he was still very rock and roll and i just i thought it was a good choice for this one yeah um, it's very good oh thank you that's what i was going for us <laughs> fishing for compliments he has a very distinct voice like when you hear a tom petty song you're like you you know that it's tom petty just right. he has a very distinct sound even their the music has like a very distinct mm-hmm. rhythm and the guitars it just has you you just know that it is yeah so um i'll start with when he was born so he was born october 20th 1950 in gainesville florida and that ends up kind of being um pretty important like later on to an extent so when he grew up he was 10 years old and he met elvis presley and he was already a fan of music and that just like totally took him like okay he's obsessed which i mean can you blame him because elvis was like everything he was and, the king you know just huge so yeah so absolutely loved it and um even when he was a little older like after that he was still playing music like from the 50s which so if he's in you know school in like the 60s going into being a teenager and playing music that's like a decade old that's similar to like you and I like just appreciating the older music more and you know he wasn't quite into like the newer stuff at that point like he was more just appreciating the older stuff and all that and he had like a pretty rough relationship with his dad his dad seemed like just a shitty guy in general um, but he, and I, I, I watched the documentary also, it's like four hours by the way, which I didn't realize, but it was fascinating. And just like a lot of it probably time-wise was they just played so many, um, videos of them playing music live and they oh, didn't wow. like cut that down too much. So that was a good chunk of it. And it was really cool to like just jam to it while you're watching it. What did but, you watch um, that on? Uh, I had, I rented it on prime. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I what, thought I was going to have to like, YouTube it. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Running Down a Dream. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so it's four okay. hours, but really cool. Um, but yeah, so his dad, he mentions in there, he's like, the one good thing my dad did was he <laughs> bought him a guitar. And that like just, you know, took off from there. And he ended up meeting people that in that same area where um, they were super into music too and Gainesville he just made it sound like just this sleepy little town like not much going on and stuff and I guess in my head I, I know Florida is in the south but it, I don't consider it there I consider the south in my head is more of like Texas Louisiana and like I guess just very Texas centric which is you know 
No. Oh. Correct. But that's just like where I am. So that's where the, the South is to me. Are there any other states or is it I just don't know. Texas? But so, yeah. So him growing up in the South ends up being like pretty influential in later music and um, some songs, some albums, like whole themes and stuff. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. But he mentions like, you know, everyone in the South has an accent, but not me. I don't I don't have that <laughs> Southern accent. And I just thought it was interesting. Um, so yeah, so he ended up making a band with some of his friends and those guys, not all of them, some of them went on to stay in the band. His first band was called the Epics and they both felt, or they all felt like it was too like cheesy and just, eh, not the Epics. So they went total opposite spectrum and (laughs) their next name was Mudcrutch, which I thought was so (laughs) funny. (laughs) Mudcrutch? Yeah, I thought that was funny. Um... So, yeah, so they started off that way, and when they decided to, like, go big, they, I I mean, I'm sure, like, every rock and roll or every musician is just like, oh, we have, like, you know, X amount of money, hardly anything, let's go to, you know, whether it's L.A. or, I guess, Detroit for some, you know, rock bands or, like, Nashville or whatever, but that was them, and they ended up kind of making a record deal on the way Um, in Tulsa which you wouldn't think is like you know so rock and roll but um, yeah so they ended up in Tulsa and ended up signing a deal with um, MCA and that becomes a like a a note for the future but um, yeah so they decided to change their name to something like cooler and they settled on Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers because they kind of all agreed like it was like him as the lead singer and it's like centered around him so that was pretty cool. Um, and then, so I kind of went a different path here, but um, I did look at like his biggest songs. Like I just wanted to talk about his biggest songs now, okay. if that's okay with you. So um, to me, and, and this is probably the case for a lot of people, is when I think of Tom Petty, I think of, like, of course, Free Fallen and Mary Jane's Last Dance and all that. But when you think about it, like, and, and if, especially if you go to, like, Spotify or something and you look him up, whether you look up Tom Petty or Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, there are so many. And I'm like, oh, wait, I know this song. This, is a, like, this song is so good. And you forget almost how many can be attributed to him. Like, right. so, so many. So I, m- some of my favorites are the I mean the classics free fallen I won't back down you don't know how it feels running down a dream American girl learning to fly refugee stop breaking my I mean stop dragging my heart around breakdown don't do me like that don't come around here no more like man they're just I mean and there's so many because like the the other one that I forgot I was like oh my god I forgot about this song was that um even the losers oh it's such a good one and I was like Oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> glad I chose him because I was like, you know, you know the songs and then you start looking into it and you're like, oh yeah, this one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, just so good. Um, okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. So, Stop Dragging My Heart Around is one of my favorite Tom Petty songs. Was that always with Stevie Nicks or was that just a collaboration after? Um, it, it looked like it kind of always was. Like they... Um, if I'm remembering correctly, like they had started it 
where she was like, I want something with the Tom Petty sound. Like, mm-hmm. like she was seeking him out. And even in the documentary, actually, she mentions like, if I wasn't in Fleetwood Mac, I'd want to be in his band. Like, I would want oh, to do nice. what he's doing. He, like, she loved it. And yeah. something I thought was interesting was, so I knew they had that song. And I know Stevie Nicks, her influence in that era was just like everywhere. Like, I, yes. I know that that's, but it's just so cool to see how like such you know, we now consider them like legends. We're just so intertwined in each other's band yes. and music and like the making of these like huge songs and albums. And it's like, oh, did you know this person was on that one and this person was on this <laughs> one? And it's so cool because um, also, did you know Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers toured with Bob Dylan? And I'd- yeah, they toured for a long time together and like loved it because they opened for him and in the thing there in the documentary i'm sorry they were like yeah tom petty would never have wanted to like agreed to open for another band at the you know that stage in his career because they were doing really well but he was such a fan of bob dylan they're like uh yeah yeah we'll open for him but then they also like opened for him but then just played with him like during his sets too so that's like you know again just like knowing what we know now it's like man that's like an incredible had to have been an incredible show and there was and no for, no way for them to know how, yeah. like, what impact they would have years later. Yeah, exactly. And you're just, you know, they're just all friends and like, hey, I, I like music too. And just, you know, jamming. And, and so, you know, piggybacking off that, Tom Petty, when he kind of, he kind of veers away from the band. They didn't quite break up, but he veers away and like needs a break to an extent, like creatively. And so he does his own solo stuff for a while but he also became part of a band called the traveling wilburys which i'm not sure if you've heard of them but it's tom petty george harrison bob (gasps) dylan roy orbison and a guy named jeff lynn (laughs) yeah insane right because i was like wait i've heard this song wait that the name of the band sounded familiar i don't think i ever known who was in it it? and so when that part came on and when i started looking more into it i was like what i wonder if the only reason that they didn't like get insanely famous was because they were so busy doing their own things that they well oh the when the album came out so they wrote a whole album together and Mm -hmm. it did really well and then roy orbison died and so that was the end of it (laughs) yeah he had a heart attack in i think the end of 88 and it was just that was the end of it but i was like this band existed like, that's, man, just for, I mean, I might, maybe you know who Jeff Lynn is. I didn't. And so the other ones I know are, like, just huge, huge, huge. Um, oh, he was in Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, so yellow. An, yeah, so another yeah. big one. So these are, like, some heavy hitters, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say, in this band. Yeah, so absolutely. Cool. Well, um kind of going back to his their like music so he kind of like I said went back and forth between being Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers to just Tom Petty so like his two sol- solo albums are kind of in between other work and it's just crazy to look at like in my head I guess I always thought of Tom Petty as like so long ago in like 70s and 80s 70s and 80s right but right. like looking at when he was releasing or they were releasing these albums like they are well into the 90s and 2000s like I think 2006 was the last one 2000 (laughs) highway companion 
yeah and I'm just like wow like I in my head I just again like until I looked into it I was like oh he had way more albums than I thought and all that so that was really cool to me I feel like at this point if there's new so not new songs but like new um like albums being released is probably like a compilation of the greatest hits or like remasters you know and not like technically new music so that's really impressive that he's been writing and recording music for decades yeah and one thing that's cool like fun little fact about that like the greatest hits so they did release a greatest hits because they're like it was part of their contract they were like i don't want to do this and they kind of all just weren't too excited about that prospect but the record label wanted him to also write a new song for the greatest hits. And he was like, well, it's not a hit if it's like, we don't know how it's going to do. How can I just put it on the album? Mm -hmm. So the song that he wrote was Mary Jane's last dance, (laughs) which was, and so he's like, you know, even in the documentary, he's like, well, obviously what do I know? (laughs) Just look at what it went on (laughs) to do sale wise. So I thought that was pretty funny, but so that's one of the ones, um, as far as like lyrics go, Mary Jane, Mary Jane's Last Dance is one of those songs that, man, I was singing all the time because I thought it was so cool. So my mom's name is Mary Jane. I thought it was so cool that my mom's name was in a song. And I was like, yes. And, you know, <laughs> being young, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was like, meant, could have meant or, you know, even the like, oh, my, my, oh, hell yes, honey. Put, and I'm just like, oh, my, my. <laughs> and I don't know. It was just funny now to think about like what I'm like screaming to some of these songs <laughs> you're like one more time to kill the pain <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like I'm going through so much as like an 11 year old all right <laughs> but it was just funny buy That's me funny. a drink sing me a song yeah <laughs> take me a because I can't stand <laughs> yeah so that was That's funny. so funny and another person that he's like uh worked pretty heavily with ended up being Johnny Cash Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool, too. Like, man. Who I always kind of associate with Roy Orbison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, one funny quote that I pulled out from that documentary that I was like, yes, I totally agree. And I think you would, too, mm-hmm. is when he's talking about Johnny Cash, he's talking about how, like, you know, I appreciate music in, like, it, any pure forms of it, right? Like, you know, like you and me, we're just music fans. It's right. We're not too concerned with genre. But he, he he was like, so I really liked country. And he was like, and I this is the quote. He's like, well, what they would call country today is sort of like bad rock groups with the fiddle. Because you and I both agreed, like, there's some country songs that you're like, this is not anything close to country. And it just sounds so like, ugh. There's so like, there's much. Some, <laughs> there's some really good ones out now, too. But there's also so many just, ugh, like, awful and like bro country yeah yeah exactly but i just thought that was a hilarious (laughs) quote that i was like yes he he this is a safe space you can vent yeah but i just thought he said that pretty well he's like bad rock groups with a fiddle and they're gonna call themselves country and be like oh we're so southern and just sound like shit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so now i was gonna tell you um what do you think do you think he is dead or alive oh dead or alive okay uh tom petty yes he's dead yeah he's dead 
Um, I maybe one day we'll get to a point in this podcast where we're not giggling after we say that. Oh, I feel yeah, awful, that's, it's but, awful. But um, <laughs> yeah, but he was 66. He died of an accidental overdose, or they you uh, know believe is accidental. But he, I guess, yeah. had some injuries like a fractured hip and stuff. So he was mm-hmm. on pain medicine, which was like you know oxycodone, I believe, and fentanyl right. or something, and so two already dangerous drugs. And I mean, he had definitely gone through phases of some drugs usage, but, um, yeah. And like you said, with Cinderella, there was so many people in and out of the band, but it also, he, it was pretty important to him to not just be like, oh, let's just hire a guy to play guitar. Like Mm -hmm. they were all close and there was people who left and then someone else might've taken their place that they grew close with, but then they came back. Or, you know, it was like kind of still the same little circle of people. And it wasn't just like that guy plays good guitar. Like, let's get him like they it was important to him to like have a band, like a cohesive group like that. And right. there was one guy. Um, he was the drummer. His name was Stan. And towards the like, you know, end, he was definitely not meshing well. So they were like, peace, you're out of here. So Mm -hmm. he was the only one that they were like, really like, yeah, you're out. Everyone else kind of like had their own stuff here and there, little personal dramas and stuff. So, yeah, that was interesting. And one of them, when they were going to be induced in the rock and inducted, not induced. I'm thinking of pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) We got pregnancy Uh, on the brain. Yeah, we have a friend who just had a baby yesterday. So that's just, I don't know. Congratulations. Um, anyways, when they were going to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, one of the guitarists, um, Howie, was kind of already really struggling with drugs. And Mm. between rehearsals and actually doing the performance, like, he passed away from drugs. Yeah, so it was pretty sad. It seemed, um, or him, Howie, and Tom Petty, I think, are the only ones that have passed and everyone else is alive and okay what year what year was that was it like 2019 or it was 2017 17 okay he was almost 67 it was like two weeks before his birthday or maybe close to three weeks before his birthday that's insane it feels like 2017 was like just yesterday but that was like five years ago (laughs) i know yeah so um we did talk about I, i don't remember if i mentioned this earlier Tom Petty's another one that um, my mom bought us tickets to, or not just bought, but she just like, you know, we we're like, yes, we want to go. Um, right. Me, you, Lane, and my mom. Yes. And I, I yes. don't remember if my brother came also, but it was for sure us four. Went to Verizon Amphitheater, yes. where you yes. saw Cinderella also, and we saw Tom Petty. And that was so cool. Um, yeah. So good. And again, it was another... I'm sure I realized it then too was like yeah I know some I know a lot of Tom Petty songs and then he's playing them and you're like well I know even more than I thought (laughs) like I you know you're just singing along to like every song he's playing you're like okay that was a great concert but yeah I shouldn't be surprised I remember that um we were college roommates and I remember you asking if we wanted to go see Tom Petty and I was like uh yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah um of course (laughs) And I had never seen him before, and that was the only time I got to see them um, 
and it was amazing. I remember specifically, like, laying on the grass, like, waiting for them to start and just thinking, like, how cool it was that we were there seeing Mm -hmm. Tom Petty, you know, being the age that we were and, like, probably our parents saw him in his heyday when they were our age. It was just a really cool moment. And we had kind of talked about how... Um, so your mom got us those tickets mm-hmm. and our moms played a huge role in our appreciation for this style of music, um, rock and roll, classic rock music. Um, and they've also continued to feed into that for us by taking us to see the band. So Tom Petty, um, what year was it? Your mom had got us face-to-face t- tour tickets to see... Oh, uh, Billy gosh. Joel. It was like two two thousand nine or two thousand ten. I want to say it was March. It, was it had like to have been. Let's. It had to have been t- uh, nine two thousand nine. Okay. And we saw uh, Billy Joel and uh, Elton John. Mm-hmm. And do you want to tell the story? Sure. Okay. So, um, my mom lets me know that. Her, I don't even remember. Maybe it was me and you being like, yeah, I want to go. And my mom being like, yeah, me too. <laughs> so anyways, we got tickets. It was my mom, my brother, who's four years younger than me, and me and Andrea, right? And I want to say it had to have been my mom because I remember being so excited. Like, she wants you to go because <laughs> our moms were also super stoked that the other liked the same music. Like, I don't yes. think we've touched on that earlier. But our moms were both like, wow, cool. You found somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So my mom was pretty stoked about that. So anyways, um, so we're like, yeah. And, you know, it's Elton John and Billy Joel. And a lot of people know about them. So we had nosebleed tickets in this AT&T Center, which is a huge, you know, where the San Antonio Spurs play. Like there's there's big concerts there. Right. So we're in the nosebleed. No complaints. We're like so excited to be there. Get there early before the show starts. Me and Andrew are walking around looking at merch and going to the bathroom and stuff, you know, getting mm-hmm. all that stuff out of the way. And let but, me, we were walking over to see Craig and his mom who were also at the show. Do you remember oh, I that? I don't remember that. No. Yes. Yeah. Craig and his mom. So my husband, Craig, and his mom, Cheryl, were also at the show, but they were sitting on the other side. They had tickets on the other side of the um, stadium, amphitheater. Um, and so we were walking, it was just you and me and we were walking over either coming back from seeing them or walking over to see them. And yeah, that's where we were out. Yeah. So somebody, a a man came up to us and was like, Hey, you know, who are you excited to see? And we're like, Oh my God, both of them. Oh, we're so excited. And he was like, no, but like, who are you most excited to see? Like who... (laughs) out of Elton John and Billy Joel, who do you want to see the most? And we're like, oh, man. And we're just, like, looking at each other, like, oh, I don't know. This is hard. And then we're both kind of like, ah, oh, I think Elton John. And he was like, say Billy Joel. We're like, Billy Joel. <laughs> and he was like, okay, do you guys want to go to, you know, we have tickets for the second row. And we're like, oh, yes. And we're like, how many? And he was like, two. And so uh, I had to, like, call my mom and be like, mom, um, <laughs> we were just offered only two tickets to the second row are you okay if we go down there? And she was like, go, go down there. Like she was so excited for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt really bad because then my mom and brother are just like up there in the nosebleed. But <laughs> they, I asked well, my mom, like, what were we okay? supposed to do? I know. Like, how do you turn those down? You know? And right. 
I don't know. Also, it would have involved, you know, standing the whole time like we did. Because right. in the nosebleeds, you can get away with sitting. And, right. you know, that's not the kind of concert goers you and I are. So <laughs> it worked out. And it was incredible. Just unreal to be there second row which and we have now heard that he does that billy joel does that on purpose like he wants true fans people who are going to be singing and excited and like just making the show you know full of energy versus people who are just like well i can afford it so i'm going to get second row and just kind of sit there and watch the show exactly and i i remember exactly that i remember and I could be making this up, but for some reason, I remember him saying, the man saying that Huey's Billy Joel's medic. <laughs> and, like, why he would give his medic, like, tickets to walk around. And that is something, so I was always raised, especially by my dad, to be just super skeptical of, like, everything. Like, everything is a scam. Like, never, if it's too good to be true, then it's not. And, like, there's a price for everything. And so the only reason that I knew that this was legit is because that same thing had happened to my parents when they went to see Bruce Springsteen, um, like, several years before. My, I think my dad was, like, in the bathroom and my mom was out and about and she got stopped and they were like, hey, do you want to trade in your nosebleeds for second row? And so they did that with them. And I was like, this is a thing. They actually do that. Like, this is legit. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember, yeah, we had phenomenal tickets. It was amazing. We got to sit in the second row. And then on, what was it, the 11th song? Right? The 11th song, Leave leave On? Um, Elton John's 11th song that we got to go up the the first Two oh, I rows. see what you're saying. I was like, what, yeah, what, are, we, what are you saying about we got We got to walk yeah. up. We got to get out of our seats and go up to the front, the stage. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. for the rest of the concert, we got to be up at there. the front of the stage. And they walked by. <laughs> and I, I know for a fact I touched Elton John with my, oh gosh, was it Elton John with my left hand and Billy Joel with my right? I don't remember. <laughs> I want to say mine was opposite though, right? <laughs> Whatever was yours the- was. Who was on the, the left? Billy it Joel was, was Elton. on the right. Billy Joel was yeah. on the right. Elton yeah. John so, was on our left. So yeah, I touched Elton with my left hand and shook Billy Joel's hand with my right hand. I know I touched both of them mm-hmm. and it was magical. And I remember that they had said like no, no recording no, no or videos, something. Yeah. yeah, no videos. But the security guard who was in front of us, mm-hmm. who was like facing us because he couldn't face the <laughs> the, he had to face the crowd and he's like legit like standing right in front of us. He let us get away with it and he let us film (laughs) he was he was letting us do that I remember like trying to like pretend like I wasn't and pretend like I couldn't (laughs) figure out how to take a picture and I was like oh how weird and I'm like pretending to click it like over and over and then we realized he was cool and then we were like oh cool 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 (laughs) this is before we had iPhones like we probably still both had flip phones and this was like we took little digital cameras which we thought were amazing (laughs) oh yeah mine was like an olympus uh the waterproof camera and i was like oh my god it's so cool (laughs) i definitely had like a nikon cool (laughs) pics and so the photos are not like the best quality it definitely um iphones would take better quality photos today but um it was it was still amazing and it was good enough to be able to like blow up some of those pictures and frame them which is exactly what I did (laughs) 
I know. I remember one picture, like the guitarist had like leaned into. <gasps> yes. And on one of the pictures, I mean, by today's standards, it's not a great picture. But at that time with that little camera, it was like, oh, my God, I need to be the a blonde. photographer. Yeah. With the red guitar. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. It was so such a good picture for the time. And considering Didn't it had to be like a quick picture, you know. Yeah. But, Didn't um, he? Didn't he but, give you a guitar pick? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he I did. I remember that. <laughs> and that makes me think of, um, do you remember? I, I don't remember if we were just, you know, you know, just wimps, but they invited <laughs> us back to the hotel. Do you yes. remember that? And we, we were, I don't remember why we are like, no. I mean, also, <laughs> it's like, El- no, but I mean, it's Elton John and Billy Joel. Like, they're yeah. timeless. And also, they... Even they're old now. They were still old then. It wasn't mm-hmm. like anything, you know. But it's still weird. And yes. No. I um, I remember that they invited us back to like the hotel bar. Um, yeah. and <laughs> maybe in another world we would have said yes. <laughs> yeah. But that would have been a different kind of weird. It would have been cool to be like cool pictures or you know to meet them. But just just saying it like. I mean, weird. obviously. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't for Elton. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been great to hang around, yeah. <laughs> he would have been a lot of fun. No, yeah. I I honestly don't know um, if it was, like, actually those two or if it was more of, like, the band the, or something. Yeah, I don't know. It just was kind of weird. And we're like, no, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I do remember that. I remember being really flattered. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, remember this because it's only going to go downhill from here. <laughs> 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 I want to say we have I might have the set list I know we got it yes right Do, I, don't I, know. I have to have it somewhere then you have to I I mean we have the pictures and everything and what's funny is like I remember I was wearing like this white button-down blouse yeah that like I never wore like ever <laughs> and for some reason that day I decided to wear it and it worked I liked it <laughs> I was wearing a black curly shirt so that was my Sun era <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's good stuff though but that but. was like one of the most mem- I remember um I actually journaled about it because it was so Im- like it just had a, such a huge impact on me it was like one of the first times I was getting to see legends like that up close and probably one of the only times that I'll get to do that mm-hmm. um up close and I mean those being even the age they were at the time they were they put on just like a phenomenal show yeah. and just not only incredibly talented, but also just the entertainment factor. Like, they yeah. were on point. It was and, so fun. Yeah. And, I mean, Elton John's, I wouldn't even call them costumes, but his outfits were. Oh, the sequin amazing. jackets. Yeah. So yeah, the, cool. I, I have pictures of, like, just the backs of them. And it's, yeah. Like, it's so just it was yeah. amazing. Loved it. So thank you, Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, that was Thanks. that was really, really cool. And it was funny, just like, I mean, that's the whole premise of the tour was like face to face. So it's just right. like set up like a dueling piano bar is like two pianos facing each other. And they're just like playing all the hits and you're yes. just like screaming everything. And I remember I, I want to say it was Crocodile Rock that we got on the <laughs> camera. And I was like, my mom had like texted me or maybe she told me after the show she was like I saw you guys doing the la la la, la like, <laughs> that we were on camera for that but we're like you know probably eyes closed and just like yeah like, yes screaming it and she was like you guys were on the camera and I was like yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I do I think back of that fondly and then 
every time I remember that your mom and your brother were <laughs> up there, I'm like, have this, like, pang of guilt. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but at least it wasn't like we didn't appreciate it. Like, if anybody was going to get those, like, we really appreciated it. And we still do. <laughs> so it just means so much. Right. Agreed. So that was, yeah, that was amazing. And then I remember, I don't, I don't even remember what year it was, um, but my mom had taken us to see, it was you, me, my sister, Megan, and my mom, and we went to see Bon Jovi. And it was the first time that I had ever mm-hmm. seen them. Had you yeah, no, seen that was them before? The, that's or... the only time I've seen them. Okay. So yeah. And that was, I mean, we didn't get like upgraded tickets or anything, unfortunately, but <laughs> still being in the seats we were in, I where was that? Was that the AT&T Center? I, I want to say it was AT&T Center also. So, yeah, so San Antonio. Um, and, I mean, just, I remember watching him just running around the stage, yes, jumping. so much energy. God. I was like, it was impressive. Like, it's still impressive <laughs> to think yeah. about. Because, <laughs> I mean, sure. he's no spring chicken, but he sure is. Uh, you know I know that's a common phrase, but I feel like you said that at the time because when I'm thinking like of this, I feel like you probably say that every time you talk to me about John Bon Jovi. It's just like, ah, spring chicken, so hot. I have to like talk myself because I'm like, I am like so into this man and he is like so old, but he doesn't look it. He has aged so well. And he has a son who's, like, a little bit younger than us. And I'm like, eh, but Bon Jovi. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, no, that's where it's at. I don't know that there is a better-looking rock star out there. I think for me, I know we've gone so far from Tom Petty now, but... Oh, yeah, sorry. Thinking of John Bon Jovi and knowing that he has, like, the same wife all these years later, I feel like that makes him just all the more hotter. It's just like, I know. Oh, this loyal stud. Look at him. Because <laughs> so many of them are, you know, yeah. with either unmarried or like on their third or fourth or fifth or, you know, yeah. and yeah, they're still together. <laughs> you do, when Face and Hole first came out, that app oh where gosh. you could put your, <laughs> you could put your face in somebody else's, his picture was up there with his wife and her face was cut out. And I was like, Boop, insert my face. Oh, okay. we make such a good so, couple. <laughs> uh, dear listeners, you need background on this. One, Andrea has been doing this all her life before the Face and Hole app. She was editing herself in My Chemical Romance, Burt McCracken. Like, she was, that was her prom dates. That was everything. Like, there oh my was, gosh. Like, you know, like lounging in her room photos <laughs> with Gerard Way and Mikey and all of them. Like, so many and to this day so that was what 20 years ago now almost and face and hole came she was all about it and to this day her christmas cards are still to that effect (laughs) where her entire family and dogs are (laughs) faces are part of someone else's body and that's the christmas cards we get every year so she is she is the same person let me also say that I was I was taking selfies before selfies were a thing. Oh my god! Yeah. I would I would always steal because I never I had a camera, but I think you and my friends were the first ones to get cameras, and my sister 
um well, you had one before camera. me yeah did you I? Had one, yeah i had i just remember always i remember over <laughs> disposable cameras <laughs> i remember always stealing everybody's digital cameras and just like taking tons and tons of pictures of my own face and like letting them find especially my sisters like i would just let her find yeah. just like hundreds of photos of like me and my dog spud yeah <laughs> it would be like just me and spud <laughs> yeah because i know for sure that i didn't have one first because one the first one i did get when my parents started to feel bad it was so shitty like all the cameras <laughs> at that time were shitty but mine was like everything was like gold color like not the cool sepia and i say cool sepia but like at that time it was like cooler this sep- sepia uh, tone. but sepia. it was just like everything had this weird haze and like it just was a shitty camera but andrea the first <laughs> camera she got like every time we would go hang out and not that we were doing particularly cool things but it was like oh like that would be fun like to take pictures and sure enough the next day Andrea has like hundreds and it's like oh so cool like she has them plenty with her in them too but just like of the moment and it was so cool to have that because that was again before the phones and cameras like she just was really good at like just being spontaneous about it and so a lot of candid pictures and so many cool ones Well, thank you for that. I always enjoyed documenting the moments. That's something that I inherited from my dad. He always had a camera or still always has a camera Mm -hmm. in his hands. And I remember, I I mean, even like I didn't have like a ton of birthday parties or stuff growing up, but um, like with friends, most of Mm -hmm. my birthdays were always with family and stuff who Mm -hmm. are also my friends. (laughs) But (laughs) I remember particularly like, I think it was like my 16th birthday and my birthday is in April. And so it was like me and my close friends, you were there and we were in our swimsuits and we're like swimming. And I remember like my dad was like, Hey, do you want me to take pictures? You know, while while y'all are opening presents, eating cake, whatever. And so he did. And then, like, when we were looking at the pictures, he's like, I don't think I can do this anymore. (laughs) He's like, like, I don't feel comfortable taking pictures of you and your friends. It's probably not. (laughs) Yeah. But I so enjoy him. I've always enjoyed having those photos. And he's still such, he's so good at at taking photos of, like, candid moments. And so Mm -hmm. I just always wanted to kind of emanate that and, so thank you for for saying that, but also I loved stealing people's. Fo- uh, yeah. I, now I do it with phones and taking pictures. Um, I don't think I've gotten those in a while. It's been. A, I mean, you and I don't it's see a- each other super often, but yeah, I feel like we hardly ever take pictures together anymore. It's it's harder now to unlock phones. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I would like, have. To. I know exactly why. <laughs> yes, I have to put it in front of your face somehow without That's you noticing. Um, but yeah, so it, it just, I think growing up on this music and then being able to see these acts in person, um, is just such a special thing and something that I want to pass on to my kids. And I know you want to pass it on to your kids. So Victoria and I both have children. Uh, I have a four, almost five-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter, Nora and Jack, and I am so proud to say that they're both slowly making their way (laughs) into Mm -hmm. the the type of music that I'm into. If you ask Jack to pick a song on Alexa, uh, he'll say, Alexa, 
play Thunderstruck. And I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> and they both, like, they'll be walking around singing Dead or Alive. And um, <laughs> to, to Craig's dismay, Jack will be walking around singing Possumption. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, he doesn't know. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know for the longest time. And no, that's, so, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, what yeah. the hell were our parents letting us sing? And... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm like, I got the peaches, you got the cream. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know, I mean, speaking of the kids, I always loved the song, and Mila loves it especially. The boys appreciate it, but Mila loves Dirty Diana by Michael Jackson. <laughs> Where we're like, Dirty Diana. And I'm not going to go further yeah. than that. But, man, that is a... Mm-hmm. And watching the video also, like, is... He was just a creeper in that video, like... Yeah. Leave the woman alone. She clearly does not want to be pursued. <laughs> Anyways, distraught that's Diana. <laughs> a whole different Michael Jackson segment, probably. I, oh gosh, yeah, we're gonna have to save these. There's uh, that's the good thing about this podcast is like it's just gonna be never ending for us. Even if yeah. nobody decides to listen ever, yeah. I think we'll continue to do it just because it's so much fun for us to to talk about these bands and and learn about them because there's like a lot of stuff about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers that I had no idea. Um, I'm actually looking at a picture of Ron Blair right now, who was mm-hmm. one of the members, and I think he would be my pick for... Really? Yeah. I um, think he's cute. I think, I mean, I never would have before, but now I think Tom Petty, especially early days, was mm-hmm. really handsome. Or like in his in his way. You, you have yeah. to... I Take agree. that with a grain of salt, you know, in his <laughs> way. But he's um, a very acquired taste. The the drummer, um, Stan Lynch, I think. Okay. He's another one that's. I mean, maybe not traditionally, but I think he's cute. I also have like a weird taste sometimes. Um, uh-huh. I've noticed. <laughs> um, and this goes back a long time. Like even some of the basketball players that I had a crush on, everyone else was like, "What?" I yeah. thought Manu Ginobili was like. Is still the most <laughs> handsome, and I know not everybody agrees, but you you I have love a that thing man. for men with really big noses because <laughs> you I've were been told in love that with, yeah yeah Adrian Brody you well I mean I I do think he was really handsome, but I was you definitely mm. called dibs on him oh well oh, dibs and oh yeah. man I'm sure that's like a whole thing that everybody already knows about, but we took that game so seriously <laughs> we were like what no I called dibs on him like two weeks ago or. You know, it was like claimed. He is claimed. So we not only called dibs on it, this was only between our closest. So you, me, Jessica, and Emily, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the four of us would just like randomly call dibs. If we saw like a attractive guy while we were out, we'd just be like dibs. Yeah. Would we <laughs> so ever people, talk to them? We no. no. Absolutely <laughs> no. not. And then it got into dib, uh, dib, dibsing. Uh, celebrities and I remember specifically I was at your house I think it was at your house and I dibsed um, Clark Gable and all of y'all were like what (laughs) yeah you're like no y'all can have I was like he was so handsome (laughs) Butler come on I remember or what I remember being the first like celebrity dibs we did was we all like with the guys which are you know was the girls you mentioned and then some of our guy friends we all went to go see john tucker must die and i want to say like emily or maybe it was jessica i don't think it was me 
But, um, oh, what is his name? The guy who plays John Tucker, I, I don't remember his name. But somebody called dibs on him, and I was like, oh, my God, our world has opened. Like, where we could uh-huh. play dibs on, like, celebrities. I don't, I think we had first been doing it just with, like, people we knew. Jesse Metcalf. Jesse Metcalf, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's what I remember was like a founding moment or core memory established. Yes. Was like John Tucker must die. Dips and how that's funny! Really I totally forgot about that movie. That was a two thousand six rom com. Like, yeah. But anyways, um, so back to music, <laughs> huh? Yeah, back to back music. Back to music. Back to the reason why y'all are listening. So I'm just gonna go over. Only the one hit wonder. And then okay. that's pretty much all I have left. So um, the one hit wonder, it was really, really hard. Because um, when I started thinking about one hit wonders, I was like, oh, my God, I could go like so many places. With this, But for this one, I ended up choosing Black Velvet by Alana Ooh. Miles. Because that is one that every time I hear, I just like, oh, God, I have to turn it up. And it's just, I don't know how that ended up being a one hit wonder because if any of her other songs had sounded like that, like, man, I would have been all about Mm -hmm. it. And just that song is so good. And Mm -hmm. so like, I don't know what the right word is. Like, mm, like smooth sounding and just like, yeah, I, I mean, I was gonna say it makes me think of like velvet, but obviously, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just that like really cool sound and, whole like vibe to the song is really cool so immediately when i think of that song i think of when we used to download music <laughs> off of like what limewire whatever mm-hmm. you know i i never did that obviously because it was illegal so i never um ever did that but oh, um, i just looked at you like what <laughs> no, I, no i don't think that either one of us ever partook in that um however when people did that, most of the time, not most of the time, but sometimes if you did that, it would, people would have like the wrong, like the wrong artist oh, yeah. attached to the song. And mm-hmm. so for the longest time, <laughs> I thought that Melissa Etheridge was singing that song. And oh. I always thought it was a Melissa Etheridge song. So now whenever I hear it, I know that it's not, but I, it always makes me go to her. And then you know, I start thinking of like, oh, yeah. I come over. <laughs> I think it's interesting because I didn't even know the name of the woman for a long time. I know now only because I had her, I think a couple years ago when I saw that cover band I always talked to you about, um, they did that song and I was like, oh my God, I need this on like a whole playlist uh-huh. of just this vibe. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was like, Alana Miles, like I don't know this name, <laughs> but I don't know who I attributed that song to in my head before, but mm-hmm. I... I could kind of see that like Melissa Etheridge had some of those like also kind of smoother some of them and some of them like grittier like sultry sounds almost to her songs. It also yeah it also makes me think of like a Lilith Fair type music. Oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Going back to Tom Petty. Oh sorry. What, um, it's okay no it's just real quick I had kind of narrowed it down because in case it became like a a segment or something was mm-hmm. my favorite song like right now because I'm sure it could change right now my favorite song is won't back down because i just feel like (laughs) it's just so cool and it and a lot of his songs i mean just music in general maybe is Mm -hmm. it's really cool when a song is specific enough to be relatable but then abstract enough where it can be like applied to anything you know and and to different 
times in your life or you know going out in the world or whatever and I just feel like that is such a cool song to be like yeah fuck yeah like I'm going back down I'll stand my ground like it's so cool to me and I don't know there's some crazy stuff going on in our world right now so I don't yeah. know but I just thought right now that's the one that I'm the song that's yeah I think is the coolest most meaningful right to you right now yeah yeah but um, if it was karaoke time, I, I'm sure the easy <laughs> ones would be, you know, what, Free Falling and mm-hmm. Mary Jane's Last Dance. And I'd have to say the one with Stevie Nicks, too. <laughs> that one's just, Stop you got to thirsty. Once again, thank you guys for listening to the Rock and Ramble podcast. I am Andrea. I am Victoria. <laughs> and we will catch you next time. <laughs>